It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? High fly ball, right field. Grossman back, track, wall, see ya! Into the second deck, a grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge, and the Yankees are pouring it on. For the latest news throughout the sports world, tune in to Sports Talk with R&J every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Rocky Hill Accountants offers a unique, low-pressure approach to professional and personal services, which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high-quality services that their firm provides. The executive team at Rocky Hill Accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation, bookkeeping, accounting, and IT crypto tax. They specialize in individual income tax preparation, as well as trusts, estates, and gift tax returns. The tax debt line for individuals is May 17th. If you're one of the 50 million Americans who still hasn't filed, visit RockyHillAccountants.com. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I am filling in for your usual host, Lucas Bulldog, but I'm joined by Sean Scanlon, and we will, should have Zay here in a little bit. And welcome to the Post Up Podcast. We're gonna. Last week we talked a little bit. Uh, I mean, on Saturday, dove into the awards because this is the last week of the season. So I mean, yeah. things are coming. We. we the award picture starting to shake out. I mean, we talked a lot about the MVP, so we will give our final predictions today. But let's start things off. Coach of the year. Sean, who's your coach of the year? I got Monty Williams, uh, coach of the Phoenix Suns. He was my coach of the year when we did this, uh, when we did our prediction for the awards halfway through. But I still think that, you know, he deserves it. They have the second best record in the NBA right now with a record of 48 and 20. And just the turnaround that they've had from last year and even the past couple of years before that, I mean, before this year, everyone was saying Devin Booker is just wasting his time away in Phoenix. And obviously the addition of Chris Paul is huge, but I, I think it can't be understated how uh, good of a coach Monty Williams is. I think that, you know, all the players that play for him speak very highly of him. They say that he's a great coach and, you know, obviously they have a great high scoring offense, but it's not just that their defense has really improved over the past couple of years too. And I, I think that has to do with Monty Williams. So uh, just the turnaround that they've had, how highly the players speak of them. Uh, I think that, you know, nobody really expected them to be in this spot. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but the number two seed in the West. So I, I think that Monty Williams uh, is well-deserving of the coach of the year this year. And I, I think that's who it should be, but uh, who do you got? Oh, we got Zay. Chiming in, hopefully you can get back on soon and talk about Tibbs. I knew he was going to say Tibbs. Because, I mean, 
Tibbs does have a solid case. I, I think you can yeah. that case. But for me, I mean, Zay's talking about the Knicks. I got to talk about the Jazz. Best mm-hmm. record in the NBA. And I, I think the real thing that makes me say Quinn Snyder here is because just the bench, the 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 others on the, on the Jazz. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's been out for a while now, and they, they're still winning games. Yeah. I mean, they also got – Defense player of the year who we'll talk about here in a little bit and Rudy Gobert. But, I mean, they're getting production out of all the guy. Everyone on that team is getting solid production, solid defense, shooting very, very well. Every aspect of the game, they're doing well. And I think when you have a team like that, it just shows how good the coaching is. Because, I mean, to show the growth from even last year to this year, all these other guys stepping up and really making an impact. I mean, Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year. We talked about him on Saturday. You also got Joe Ingles coming off the bench who can – you can also make the argument for sixth man of the year. So, I mean, mm-hmm. all, all around, I, I think you got to go the Jazz. You got to go Quinn Snyder. But I'm I'm not mad at that Monty Williams pick. But yeah, I, yeah. The, the reason I wouldn't go – Monty Williams there is because I think it's not necessarily coaching that has made them better. It's just Chris Paul that was that's been the addition that made him better this year. What yeah, I I mean yeah, I could see that argument, but I I mean I think that at, from the end of last year into this year, before they even had Chris Paul, they ended the bubble last year with eight straight wins. Um, and I, I think that's when Monty Williams really started to get some praise. So. Obviously, like I said, Chris Paul is a huge addition, um, but I, I just think that the turnaround, um, I, I don't think that that could be solely based on one player. Obviously, they have other players that have been stepping up all year. So, I, I mean, I, I could understand your argument, and I don't hate the Quinn Snyder pick because, like you said, um, just the guys that you don't expect really off the bench, Jordan Clarkson with career highs and points. Uh, Joe Ingles has, like, one of the highest true shooting percentages in NBA history right now. He does He's getting it done from free throw line, uh, mid-range, and three-point shots. So, And then uh, a guy like Bogdanovich, who just won Western Conference Player of the Week, um, he's been absolutely on a tear lately. So oh, yeah. I, I don't hate that at all. They, they definitely have good development there. Then you got younger guys like Trent Forrest and uh, and Oni who come off the bench and who has been good, been giving them good minutes. So... I don't hate that pick either. They they have the best record in the NBA, and obviously Quinn Snyder does a good job of developing uh, those guys in Utah. So either one, I I, I could really see both ways. But uh, I kind of figured you would pick Quinn Snyder, so I, I figured I would uh, give the argument for Monty Williams. Uh, yeah, I like it. I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. Who is the Eastern Conference Coach of the Year? Uh, I mean, Zay said it before, as much as I hate to say it, because uh, I'm not a huge Knicks fan. I think Tibbs has to be the guy. Um, you talk about the Suns turnaround. I think that, I mean, I, I don't think anyone expected it, but at least with the addition of Chris Paul, you could have seen them maybe like top four or five seed. But going into this year, I don't think anyone expected the Knicks uh, to be a, a top four seed, let alone uh, even in the playoffs. So I think that that turnaround, and obviously Julius Randle has a big part to do with that. He's been on a tear, but Tibbs uh, just changing the culture right away making that defense one of the best in the league, going out and getting one of his guys in Derrick Rose. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough about Tibbs and the the turnaround that he's had because the Knicks, like we know, they've been in a bad, bad spot for years now. But uh, I think that they're finally turning around. A lot of that has to do with uh, the coaching of Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I think another guy that isn't getting a lot of talk, Doc Rivers. I mean, look at – the Sixers are a whole different team from, from yeah. last year. 
with him. He's uh, getting the players. I mean, we talk about the other guys. They're playing a lot better. Shake Milton. I, I had no clue who the hell he was before this year. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I mean that that also might have to do with me knowing Lucas this year. So, uh, him, him yeah. talking about him all the time. But I, I think uh, Doc Rivers is another guy that needs consideration just because, I mean, it's pretty evident to see his impact on the Sixers this year. Yeah, He's the only real new piece that they've had. But, all right, now let's get into some games coming up. But first, let's take a quick break. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. I crossed up by Kobe, will float to Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. All right. First game break of the day. I'm going to be highlighting what we think are some of the best games coming up this week. Sean, give me one. I'm going to go with a game tonight. Suns and the Warriors at 10 o'clock. Um, the Warriors, they're in the nine seed, right? Or no. Yeah, eight, no, eight seed right now in the Western Conference. And the Grizzlies are only a half game back of them right now. So I think it's important for them down the stretch to try and get that eight seed because obviously the people want to see the Lakers, Warriors, uh, that first round of the play in. So if they, they slip down to the nine seed, then they still have a chance to play the Lakers. But I think that the Lakers would handle the Grizzlies. So I think if people want to see the plan, it's huge implications for that. And also for the Suns, uh, they still have a realistic shot of getting that first seed. Obviously, there's not too many games left to work with, but they're a game and a half back. So, I mean, if the Jazz end up losing a couple games here and that the Suns can go out and win a couple, um, I think that Suns have a good chance to get that number one seed. So, uh, you know, this last week of the uh, NBA, a lot of playoff implications, and I, I think this is a good uh, – Good Western Conference matchup. And then just on top of that, you get Devin Booker versus just Steph Curry. Uh, a lot of other good matchups, yeah. so some some really good basketball. But, uh, yeah, what game are you looking forward to? Yeah, well, I, I want to talk a little bit about that game. I mean, the Warriors coming off an intense game last night against my Jazz. Yeah. It was wild all the way down to the finish. Uh, having to go back-to-back, take on best record to the second-best record, that's really, mm-hmm. really tough. Um it, it, it is going to be a good game. I'm not dissing it at all, but I do think we'll, they will slow down. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm just going to mention it. It isn't going to be my pick, but the Jazz and the Trailblazers tomorrow, Wednesday, on ESPN, the last Jazz play, the Trailblazers, and then the Thunder and the Kings to end out the season. So this is going to be their last real game. Mm-hmm. Um if they can get that up here, I think they truly really cement that number one spot and the best record in the NBA. But I'm going to stick with the Blazers. And just like just like the Warriors, they play the Jazz and the Suns. Having see Dame and McCollum go up against, hopefully Mike Conley's back. He didn't play last night. Having him play uh, on Dame and then – having to go up against Chris Paul and uh, Devin Booker, that, that's going to be rough for the Trailblazers. Uh, I mean, and, and they're another team fighting to stay out of the play-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so should be interesting. 
to say the least. And also, I mean, tonight, our game of the week on Facebook, I mean, our game of the day on Facebook, my bad. Knicks, mm-hmm. Lakers, no LeBron. Uh, he's supposed to come back tomorrow against the Rockets. Uh, we were talking a little bit about it before the show, Sean. Uh, what's wrong with this Lakers team right now? I think that, you know, obviously the health of this team is is off right now with LeBron missing. You know, he came back for one game and then the ankle started to flare up again. So he's been out since then. And AD, I think that he's been doing a lot better the last couple of games, uh, especially last game dropping 42 and getting a a huge win. Uh, So I I think that it's just the timing of the the health injury or the timing of the injuries that they had where it was really bad, especially with a couple weeks ago where they're trying to stay out of that playing scenario and their two best players are out with injuries. And then on top of that, I just, I think that some of their key additions like Andre Drummond, he's really been uh, upsetting so far. He hasn't been playing great. And then uh, they have other injuries like Kyle Kuzma, who's been out the last couple of games. So just the timing of the injuries that they've had, I think hasn't been helping them case at all. But uh, if they somehow get to that six seed, I think that will help them a lot. Cause like we were talking about before the show, I think those extra couple games, even though I think they'll make it out of the plan scenario, I think those extra couple games will definitely hurt them for a team that's trying to get back to health. I mean, they'll get an extra week off if they get that number six seed. So I just think the timing of the injuries definitely has hurt them. But uh, if they're able to get that six seed, I, I think they put it behind them and, uh, I think that they'll still, as long as they're at full health, I think they still have a pretty good shot to make the at least the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, they if they can get out of that play, which it doesn't look like, they need that. The extra games aren't going to help them because, like yeah. you said, they, they've been struggling to stay healthy. But now let's get on to our next award, Defensive Player of the Year. And I'm going to go first here. It's got to be my guy, Rudy Gobert. Best defensive team in the league. The best defensive player on the best defensive team. You got to go, Rudy. The big man in the middle. I, I, a couple, like a month ago, I remember me and Zay got in a little spat about Mitchell Robinson being compared to Joel Embiid. I, I don't think Mitchell Robinson can get to that Joel Embiid level, but I think he can get to that Rudy Gobert level. And I think if he didn't get injured, he he might be in this conversation. Because he was playing pretty damn well, holding it down in the middle. But mm-hmm. I, I think you got to go Rudy Gobert here. Who you got, Sean? Yeah, Rudy Gobert, he, he's definitely in consideration. I'd probably have him uh, at number two. But the guy I'd go with is Ben Simmons. Um, I think that they don't have the best defense in the league, but they have uh, top five defense, especially with Doc Rivers coming in. That defense has really turned around. But I think the the anchor of that defense is as, as good as Joel Embiid is down in the post, holding it down. I think that the versatility that Ben Simmons brings to that defense uh, is just tremendous. Obviously, you know, the ability to guard one through five, he could really guard your best point guard. And then the next night, if he has to guard a big man down low, he could do that um, just with his size, his strength, his ability, you know, to uh, to stay with the shifty guards uh, up on the posts or not, excuse me, up on the top of the key. I think that it's just really impressive. Uh, he's one of the best uh, stealers in the league, obviously with his, his long arms, he gets in the way of passing lanes and then he could also block shots. So, I think that his improvement uh, on defense over the past couple of years has been – he's always been a great defender, but I think that he's reached that top-tier level of the NBA, and I, I think he deserves some consideration. But I wouldn't be surprised if Gobert gets it either because, like you said, he's probably the best rim protector in the NBA, and he's, he's on the best defense in the league. So uh, either way, I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I think Ben Simmons should uh, get get some consideration as well. Now, I mean, 
it, it feels like year after year, it, it used to be AD and Kawhi were always like a lock for this, more or less, or at least to be in the talk. We, we talked a little bit about AD's struggles with the injury. But, like, what's really happened to Kawhi? Why is his defense dropped so much in the past couple of years? That's a good question. Um, I think that the the load that he's been having to carry on offense, uh, especially with the Clippers, I mean, Paul George is there, but he's he's been asked to be the guy for the past couple of years. So, and that's, I mean, that's not really a huge excuse, but uh, especially when you're the number one uh number one threat on offense, your, your defense is going to drop off a little bit just because you're, you're expending so much energy on the offensive side of the ball. So I think that Kawhi, he's, I think he's still like an all NBA defender. Um, obviously the claw, he, he's not named that for no reason with his huge hands and his ability to lock down defenders, um, really, uh, lock down guards and really one through four, I would say, except for centers. But even then he, he's, he's got the, the strong anchor to stay with big guys like that. So, I think that the reason is because he's had to carry so much of the burden on offense. But I did, it, it's a good question, though, because he hasn't been really uh, – he hasn't been one of the names mentioned for Defensive Player of the Year in a couple of years now, I feel like. But I, I think that Kawhi is still one of the top defenders in the NBA, though. Yeah, I mean, it is weird. I was just thinking about that. Like, he's the claw, and he hasn't – his defense yeah. hasn't necessarily gone down. I do also think – the team he's on is also very – they got some solid defenders. I mean, Patrick Beverly. And, I mm -hmm. mean, uh, Paul George is also a great defender. So, yep. I think when you got those guys around, it kind of lessens it. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, it's just weird because Kawhi was the guy as far as defense goes for a while, and he's just seemingly mm -hmm. falling off. I mean, we can see what happened with Anthony Davis, but nothing – there's no, like, concrete real evidence – for Kawhi, you know? Yeah. They, yeah, that's a good point with the Clippers, though. I think they, they just do it by committee because, like you said, Paul George is a great defender. Patrick Beverly, uh, even a guy like Rondo is a pretty good damn defender. And then Serge Ibaka once he's that's healthy. Serious, so, yeah. I mean, they, they have defenders all across the board. I, I think that's just more of their identity, uh, especially the last couple of years. The Clippers, they've always been known for having tough defense. So maybe that's why Ka Kawhi gets overshadowed. But uh, it you did. You do bring up a good point, though. He he hasn't been really in the running for a defensive player year and uh, in a couple of years, really since his uh, year with the Raptors, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, but uh, that that's gonna do it for defense player. Take another break here and come back with another game break. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Twitch. Hey, look who finally showed up. There he is. 2021, don't go to the doctor. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> I, I swear it's the worst thing ever. You don't sit in the waiting rooms. They put you in the car and they forget you're there. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> sit in the car. Uh, uh, hey, I mean, at least you're on. I'm late, late's better than not showing. But uh, before it. we get into our game break, 
Zay, we mentioned coach of the year. I mean, you gave your little input on, on Facebook. I was watching. Yeah. I, was watching. I mean, you, you want to give and- mm-hmm. Nah, not at all. It's, it's Coach Tibbs. There's not a question about it. You're talking about the Knicks could possibly have a 20-game improvement from last year. Not to mention, if they had been the eighth seed this year, it would have been a blessing to be number four and to possibly make it from that round, knowing that you're going up against a team like the Hawks that you know is more than capable of you could beat them in a four-game, seven-game series. I think it should sweep them, no problem. Um, obviously, Ooh. but yeah, yeah, I made that comment. I think they should sweep them, no problem. I, I honestly feel like, like I said, this is what you got to understand. The most dangerous part about the Knicks is they're a team with nothing to lose, and they have all the confidence in the world. That those two mixtures are terribly scary when you got nothing to lose. If you make it to the first round, second round, championship, no one cares. The fact that you made the playoffs is just you know is, is a is a goal from the jump. So they have nothing to lose, I, and and I think that's why it's less pressure for the Knicks, and that's why I would say a four game series. I don't want to see the Knicks as any other team in the East. If you're, the, I don't care if you're the 76ers, the Heat, the Bucks, you don't want to play a, face a team that has nothing to lose, and you have everything to lose. You have some of these players like a Giannis, a, a KD, who have a, a Joel Embiid, who feel like they have to get this championship. It's been hunting them for years, and then you have a Knicks team who's lucky to be there. You don't want to see that in a, in a seven game series. But before I get off topic, because I was Tips is definitely coach of the year, twenty game improvement. Knicks are number four seed. It, 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 there's there's no question. If he is a coach of the year, then we need to stop just giving out awards in the basketball. doesn't make sense. The M- MVP has been a sham for years, and now the coaching of the year will be a sham. And I said it. The MVP has been a sham. LeBron's uh-huh. been MVP the last 20 years, honestly. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I might give you MVP. I, I'll give that more so of a sham as coach of the year because, I mean, my guy Quinn Snyder, I think, is a better case. But – Dave, we also just mentioned defensive player of the year. Who you got there? Uh, 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 this is going to pay me. I got Rudy, though. He's been the most consistent defensively. He stepped it up, actually, defensively. He's gotten better at his shot blocking. So, and, and the coach said it himself. When he's out there, he's the anchor on that defense. That defense is way better when he's on that side of court, when he gets back down on that side of the court. So it's definitely got to be Rudy. Obviously, I, I saw the show. I saw um, him mention Ben Simmons, another great defensive player. But again, it's it's just not at the same impact, in my opinion, as Rudy Gobert. Where again, I think Ben handles both sides of the ball. Where Rudy handles one side and he handles it very, very well. So for me, it's Rudy Gobert in that in that point. Not to say that Ben Simmons is bad or he's not defensive player of the year, but it's definitely Rudy Gobert. All right, I love it. There's my catch up. I'm back. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right, let's get into our second game break. Couple uh, stories developing around the league. Let's start off. Jalen Brown, Dunzo. I mean, the Celtics in the play-in. They don't got this guy. I mean, this is a guy we were talking about earlier in the season, how he might be on that MVP race, and he's seemingly dropped out. Sean, how is this going to impact the Celtics? Um, I mean, I didn't have much belief in them before this. Uh, this just makes it even worse. They've it's just been an overall disappointing year for them. I mean, to have Jalen Brown, you know, he had a great first half of the season. Not that he really fell off too bad, but he just he's had a, a little bit of a downer second half of the season. Then obviously the injury. Uh, Kemba Walker has been super inconsistent. Jason Tatum is the only one that's been bringing it every night. Um, 
And a team that's usually known for their great defense with Brad Stevens, they really haven't been really good at all defensively this year. So an overall disappointing year. I think that they will get out of the play-in scenario just because I, I see them beating a team like the Pacers or even the Hornets. But uh, once they get out of that, I, I don't see them winning a series. I don't even know if they'll win a game against one of those top two seeds, especially with the team that they have right now. So uh, just an overall disappointing year for the Celtics. It, it gets even worse with the Jalen Brown injury. So, uh, yeah, hate, hate to be a Celtics fan right now. Zay, are they going to get out of the play-in? Oh, out of the play-in? I, I doubt it at this point. Um, As much as I would like to see them, because I would like to see my Knicks get a chance, you know, maybe see them in the second round. I, look, I want to beat all the rivals, honestly. I, I, look, as a, I haven't felt this good in a while. I want the Nets. I want I want Boston. I want everybody while they're down. But, um, <laughs> no, nah, um, I don't see them getting out of this. Uh, Jalen Brown is, is huge. I think him and Tatum make a one-two punch on that team, and – when you mentioned the fact that they lack so much like a big man on defense, it, it, you're just losing way too much when you lose um, Jalen Brown. I think that team just needs to start over from scratch over the summer, like th- throw the paper away. You know, you have Tatum, you have Brown, and try to build around that. Kimba's been basically a disappointment, like Sean says, since he's got there. Thank God he didn't end up in New York. He can't stay healthy. He can't really stay on the court. Hasn't really been the player that he was in Charlotte. So I think that team has to go back to the drawing board and figure it out over the offseason and just get the you know get it back on track, get the rails going because they're off track. They're completely lost as a franchise right now. That team isn't built the way it normally is. Yeah, I mean, on Saturday, Steve Rissell was on here talking about they might need to fire Brad Stevens, and uh, I mean, more and more as things play out, it it looks like a more and more real possibility. Boston's struggling. I, I do think. If they want to win in the play-in, Kemba has to step up and be that second fiddle behind Jason Tatum. Because Jason Tatum, I I thought he could turn into the star and be that guy, but he's only been – He is that guy. He's all a guy. He is that guy. No, but he needs a a Robin. He's not a Superman. He's a Batman who needs a Robin. So, I I mean – he was playing really well with, with uh, Jalen Brown there. Now, not so much. I, they, he needs that other guy to step up. And if they want to win, I, I think Kemba needs to be that other guy. Is that going to happen? I don't think so. I, I think they're going to struggle. I mean, Sean, you mentioned uh, the Pacers. I, I don't like that matchup. I think Sabonis and Miles Turner can really light up the inside. Miles Turner's them. been hurt though. That's that's the only reason. And Malcolm Brogdon. I think if they at full health, and if they had T.J. Warren, I think at full health they they might be a problem. But I, I still see the Celtics even without Jalen Brown beating the Pacers. But you never know. And then I mean, I don't see it. Uh, they 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 just looked horrific the other day against Miami. I just I, I, it looked like a, I mean they yeah, came they, back they had the lead. Lead. at least at least they made a game late in the late yeah. in the game though. They the the Pacers to- have just been disappointing ever since the 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 really when they started off the season as one of the top three seeds they've been terrible ever since then so I I just don't see it the, a consistent team enough from the Pacers and I, I think Jason Tatum at least with his uh, star power can beat at least the Pacers for one game which will all they all they need if if they're the seventh seed yeah uh, I mean I don't yeah. know I I think really the only team they match up well with is. The Hornets would in, in the play-in right now. I, I don't know. I don't know if they can get out. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I don't even think they match well against the Hornets. The Hornets are playing pretty well. Yeah, 
Yeah, last time they played the Hornets, so beat the hell out of them too. So we will <laughs> see. They, yeah, they don't. They don't want to see the Wizards though. No, I mean, they, they, right now there's only one good team in Boston, and I'm repping it right now. Oh, what are you? Okay, all right. Best team in baseball. No problem. No, all right. Best record in baseball. That's fine. All right, all right. Here, I'll make it up to you, Sean. Let's talk about your guy, Here we Russ. Go. Dominating, getting, breaking the career triple do- double record. Like, what else does? Is he the most disrespected guy in the NBA right now, Sean? He he has to be. I mean, it's the slander that Russ has been getting the past couple of years, calling him a, a stat patter, saying no rings, no championships. I'm not having it. I can't hear it anymore. This guy is one of the best point guards of all time. He keeps getting disrespected, and he started off the year a little bit slow. He he was a little uh, had a little bit of an injury, but ever since then he's been coming out on fire. Uh, the numbers that he's been putting up, especially the past week, averaging you know I think 23 points, 16 assists, 18 rebounds. It's it's absolutely absurd. No one in the NBA has ever done what Russell Westbrook has done. Uh, he's completely changed the game. Well, Oscar he's the Roberts. Oh, well, not, not no, not anymore. Russell Westbrook is the triple double king. So I, I mean, I he he has been disrespected the past couple of years, especially this year when people were saying that he's washed, he he needs to retire, stuff like that. So uh, I'll I'll always stand up for my guy Russ. I, I'm happy to see that he did this, and now if he can just get a championship, I don't see it happening this year. But if he can get a ring uh, down the road, he he has to be a top three point guard of all time in my mind. Um, but yeah, that, that's my guy. I'm so happy for him. So proud of my boy. Zay, is this a record that will never get broken? I, I don't see. Uh, I don't think any record is a record that will never get broken. I think if anybody tries hard enough, you can go after any record. But uh, I think it'll be broken for a while. No, I think it'll be a very long time before anyone breaks that record. Just to get a triple double on its own is like it, it's super hard alone for one game to to average it. For four seasons in a row, that's tremendous. That's inhuman. That's just out of this world. And I don't think we'll see it for a very long time. You're talking about a, a player who have Russell Westbrook's motor is is unreal. You don't see that type of motor in all players nowadays. It, it, he just is relentless. His drives to the basket. He, he doesn't lose confidence in his shot. He's always going up and getting rebounds, playing defense. To find that in a, in a player nowadays, it, it, it's very, very hard. So for me to say that the record will never get broken now, but for, for a while, yeah, it's going to take a while. Maybe another 20, 25 years before it's broken. Yeah, I mean, right now, the only player that I think has a chance to get close to that would be Luka, just because how young he is and his uh, ability think, to yeah. triple-doubles. Joker might get close, too. Oh, that is. I think he's at like fifty something right now, and he's pretty young. So, I think both of them will be close at the end of their career. But yeah, I yeah. think Russell will have it for a while. I mean, I mean look, look how long LeBron's been in. He's only got ninety nine, and what's up yeah. one of the greatest players to ever play. So, it's not an easy feat. No, definitely no, no. not. All right, a couple stats for you. Since I think it was April or May twenty fifteen, Russell Westbrook has averaged a triple double. So that's. Six years now, <laughs> and then also he has 138 triple doubles with the Thunder. Magic Johnson in his whole career only has 138 triple doubles, and then midway through the season, 
Russ already broke the mo- broke the record for Washington for the most triple doubles in franchise history midway through this season. So mm-hmm. I, triple doubles are rare stat. It's, it's supposed to happen every night. I know. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> it's gonna people, be hard yeah. to bring it. People forget that just because Russ Russ has made it feel like a normal feat just because he does it every night, but I, it's it's not an easy thing to do. So to uh Hats off to Russ. That's my guy. Even in 2K, I can't get my guy to average a triple double. Even with the minutes all the way up I've to 12. I've never had a triple double in 2K. I've never had, I put the game on easy and I can't get a triple double in 2K. It's not an easy thing to do, bro. That's mm-hmm. Zay, I, I brought this up to Sean before the show. If Russ can get that ring, can he get just with one ring? With what he's been able to do with the triple doubles, can you put him in that goat conversation? Not goat conversation. Could I consider him a Hall of Famer? Maybe, but a goat? Oh, he he's already, he's already Hall of Famer. Famer. Yeah, Man. Hall of Famer. But when you when you speak of the goats, and this is this is my big issue with the goats. When you speak of the goats, you can't have too many of them because then they they're not goats. You get what I'm? I feel like if you have everybody in there, not you know. It, what is really special about you if everybody can eventually make it up there? I think for the GOATs, you have to achieve phenomenal levels of achievements, like LeBron going to the finals nine times in a row or ten times, no matter how many times he won it. That's a phenomenal feat. People don't do that. You know what I'm saying? To be a GOAT, I think you have to be doing things that are beyond out of this world. I mean, one ring is nice, but I don't still think it takes him to that GOAT level. I think it takes him to Hall of Fame level, but not GOAT level. Definitely not. That's, one championship with all these triple doubles that no. that doesn't. Like I said, to be a goat, it has. To, I think you have to start talking special, like super special. Like I think KD has the ability to reach a goat level, but I don't know if he's going to get there because of his injuries, because of his jumping from team to team and how it looks and perceives him. But when you talk about, like I said, LeBron and Jordan, yeah, they've done that, but they've also achieved great feats. Like I said, LeBron nine times in a row jordan three back-to-back championships these are things that don't happen all the time so to be at a goat i think you have to achieve goat level of achievements basically okay and i don't think uh, just one ring and and the triple double record i don't think that's enough for him to be a goat interesting sean is it enough for you Uh, no, as much as I love my guy, Russ, and, uh, I am super biased for him. I, I think that if he gets a ring, I think he has a good chance to maybe get in like a top 20 player all time. Uh, maybe even top 15. If, if he gets, if he keeps doing this for a couple more years and he gets a ring, but, uh, I, like, like Zay said, I, the, the, the term go, I feel like it just gets, it gets tossed around so much nowadays that people forget there's, there is only one go. And I, as I love LeBron too, but I think Michael Jordan's still the go. I think LeBron's right there. But uh, I think that, you know, Russ, he definitely has a good chance to, like I said, be a top three point guard of all time. But uh, I, I think that he would have to win a couple rings for him to really even get to that top 10, even in a, a GOAT conversation. So as much as I love Russ, uh, I think the farthest he can get is maybe into top 20, top 15. But Russ, I I will say that he, he is he is a very unique point guard that we've never seen before. Obviously, Oscar Robinson is close, but I, I just think that his relentless, his relentlessness, uh, the, the energy that he brings to the game, I don't think we're ever going to see it again. So, uh, Russ is, he's definitely a hall of famer with, with a ring or without. Okay. Zay, Sean mentioned that he can get into top three. Can he get to become the greatest point guard of all time? Of course not. That's why I love, I love Russ, but you're talking about, 
we've had some great point guards to play this this game. To call him the greatest of all time would just be uh, uh, disrespectful because I think we are, are, are victims of living in the present, in the moment. And I think because of how he looks right now, we perceive him as that. And we tend to forget other great, like Steve Nash, the Allen Iversons, who, again, Allen Iverson alone took his uh, an undermanned 76ers team to the finals. And basically, I mean, he won one game, but he, he willed that one game by himself. And, and Russell Westbrook with Kevin Durant couldn't get to an NBA finals as hard as it is to say that. So for me to say he's going to be one of the greatest of all time, no, that's going to be, like I said, it's we are prisoners of the moment where we see someone do something now and we want to throw them in the greatest of all time category. And we tend to forget about what the people of the past have done and how it may have been harder and how, you know, situations may have been different. Like you got to like, like when people go to scoring titles, people in the past didn't have a three point line. So it was harder for them to get points in and get their point numbers up as opposed to players with three points now. So I think we can't be prisoners of the moment. And I think we have to still pay tribute to the greats, you know, the Allen Iversons, the Steve Nash, the Chauncey Billups, the, these players that came before Chauncey Billups is, he's a really great point guard, bro. Yeah. But I think he's, I think he's, he's not at that. He's not at that level. I think he's, oh, uh, I would say he's top 20 all time. Maybe top 25 point top guards. 25? Or point all guards time. All time? Probably of all time. Well, I yeah. Hope, yeah, point guards of all time, not players. Yeah, point guards. Yeah, not players of all time. Oh, okay. All right. like me about point could Russ be the top of all yeah. point guards of all time? I'm I'm saying no because there are other great point guards before him. I'm not saying I, of all yeah. time. No, no, no. You no, no, no. Billups, yeah, not Chauncey's not in my top fifty of all time. <laughs> no. All right. Yeah, I was just <laughs> I was just making sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Magic. Yeah, Magic Johnson's still easily number one. I think Steph Curry's probably slid into that number two spot. But uh, I, I think after that, it's you know John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas, Steve Nash, uh, like Zay said, and Russ. Are, they're all in that next group. But if Russ can get a ship, I, I think he's got a really good chance of being number three all the time. I'm just gonna say all time assists and steals leader. Uh, I think that's puts you at the best point guard of all time. Chris Paul is up there too. I. Can't can't disrespect another one. Yeah, you just can't. You know. Well, I mean, that many triple doubles is still just wild, though. That's amazing, my guy. Yeah. All right. Right here. Where is he? Which way? (laughs) There we go. All right. All right. Let's get down to business. We're talking awards. The cream of the crop. The MVP. I mean, we've been talking about a lot about this the past couple weeks. Just this is know. it. This is this is the final discussion. Final ballot. No, yeah, go be upset, man. <laughs> Zay, who who's the MVP? Now, who's uh, the NBA's MVP, or who's my MVP? <laughs> who's Honestly, your MVP? If you were voting. If I voted, obviously I would, I'd have to give it to Chris Paul. As much as I want to give it to Julius Randle, Chris Paul has been a, a, a godsend to that team. He's taken them to the first seed. Hopefully, they don't end up playing a team like the Lakers in the first round and, and get demolished because maybe that's what the Lakers are planning. You'd be surprised. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah, it's definitely him for me. But NBA wise, it's definitely Jokic. He's he's above everybody. He's he's. Obviously, got one of the best teams in the league. He's killing it. Destroyed my team the other day. 
He can do it all. He can rebound. He can assist. He can score. He's just a complete animal. So, uh, as much as it pays me, I'm going to take Jokic. Uh, I want to say Randall, but I got to be optimistic and it, it, I mean, excuse me, be realistic and no, it's not Randall. It's Jokic. Sean, who uh, you got? Yeah, Sean. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jokic too. Um, I think that the his ability to keep them afloat, even with the Jamal Murray injury, uh, no matter what, they're going to have a number, at least a number four seed. They have a chance to slide in at number three. And uh, just the the efficiency that he's done it at, you know, with his scoring, he can do it from inside, mid-range, and his three-point shot. Um, you know, he's one of the best passers in the league, not just passing centers, but passers overall in the league. Uh, he, he has, obviously, the ability to rebound. Uh, he could score it. Uh, with 26 points per game and just the the efficiency with you know 56 percent from the field 40 percent from the three-point line uh we, it's it's been it's rare to see a big man to you know have this much of a, a great shooting stroke to be this great of a passer and get those rebounds so I, I think that you know he's he's been huge for the nuggets obviously the past couple of years but i think this has been his best year yet and uh you can't say enough about him playing every game especially for, for a guy at his size for a guy that went to the Western Conference Finals, didn't have you know too long of an offseason, and to be in that great of shape. Uh, so I think Jokic definitely deserves a nod, and I, I think that he'll get his first MVP this year. But, uh, yeah, who do you got, Jace? Hmm. It's going to be a clean sweep here. I wish if Donovan Mitchell didn't get injured, I would come. I would make my case for him. But, nah, uh, it, it's got to be Joker. He's done Triple for doubles assists. What? Donovan's done no. for oh, okay. He's, he's still tentative coming back yeah, yeah. soon. All right. But we'll see. But, uh, no, yeah, it's got to be the Joker. I mean, the triple doubles, the assists as a big man. Uh, I mean, we got to mention Joel Embiid because he's playing really, really good. But, yeah. I mean, if you miss all those games, that would probably be my pick. 20 yeah. games is a lot. But, I mean, I, I also do love you brought up Chris Paul because he's been playing lights out and he is like tell me about it he has made that that sun's team a completely different team oh uh, yes <laughs> oh witness that friday the friday before <laughs> you want to keep hurting me <laughs> hey last night i witnessed a dagger from another mvp candidate steph curry that was a great game. my my go ahead bucket that's just yeah he's 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 playing wicked right now. It's hard for him. He should be in MVP category too right now. It's he's yeah. playing wicked. That's yeah. I mean, I think he. It sucks because when you have all these people playing really, really good, you got to go to records, and it it sucks that Steph Curry, his team isn't playing up to his level. Because I think any if he had Clay Thompson. He had that other star, and they were winning a couple more games. They were firmly in the playoffs. He, I think he would it, – it'd be a, be a much tougher conversation as far as him goes. I think there's a coaching issue there. I think the honeymoon phase Ooh. is over with Kerr. I think it's over for him. I, I honestly will continue to say this. I feel like with that, with that collective group, even – you shouldn't be fighting for that position, I feel like, when you have Curry and all these other – I just feel like Curry alone, you shouldn't be fighting to be fighting in a play. And I think you should be at least five, six, something like that. But whatever. Like I said, I, I'm going to continue to argue Curry's coaching abilities. I don't think he deserved to be the coach of them in the first place. But that's just my opinion. I don't necessarily know if it's Curry. I, I know I just said a lot of good things about Steph Curry. But 
he, the only time he's really had success was when he had that second uh, guard with him. I mean, Monte Ellis, they were able to get to the playoffs. And then once Clay Thompson gets in here, they start dominating, dominating the league. And then he, he needs that other guard. He can't be the, the main ball-dominant guy. He's always had that other guy. Like I brought up, he's not Superman. He's a Batman, and he needs his Robin. Oh, you know, yeah. that, that's the opposite truth because the Golden State Warriors uh, – opposite of truth, excuse me, because the Golden State Warriors are the one team that I can argue doesn't have that – didn't have that scenario when it started. They were a collective group of guys that they drafted, and they became a super team. They became the Justice League. They didn't have a Batman and a Robin. These guys came together – a bunch of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, guys we really didn't hear from, especially obviously we knew Curry because of what he did in college. But other these guys came off the bench. They were players they drafted, and they made them good. So to say you needed a, a, a Batman or Robin, no, they didn't need a Batman or Robin. I think they got that idea once they got Kevin Durant. I think that ruined it for them. But that's just, like I said, I don't think they need a Batman or a Robin. I think they just need a, to build a team better. Yeah, we, but they – as as good as Steph was though, they they don't get there without the contributions from Clay, and so I. Yeah, I, I see what, but but would yeah. you consider Clay or Robin a Batman and Robin situation? Or would you consider those two, almost two guys of equal caliber, playing together? I think that's what they have. They have guys of of really good yeah, talent. Then why does Steph have an MVP and Clay Thompson doesn't? Because Steph has the pretty shots. He can shoot it from eighty feet far. Yeah, but uh, Steph Steph's a better player than Clay, though. Oh, he's a better shooter. Yeah, definitely, he's a better shooter. And they set up the offense for when you watch them. They set up the offense mostly for Steph. As much as I hate to say yeah. it, a lot Clay, of it, yeah, well, yeah, Clay's more pick and rolls. Shoot. He's coming off of pick and rolls and popping and shoot. That they're mostly for Steph when you watch the game. Yeah. So that's why he has the MVP. He's their featured scorer. But would I say that Clay that he's better that much better than Clay? No, I would say they're neck and neck. Maybe he's better shooter. Because Clay plays better defense, I'm not. You can't argue that. Yeah, and he can but play. Steph, all, he can, I mean, he can Steph carries that offense though with his ball handling and his his shot creation and his ability to go to the rack. I mean, Clay. Yes, Clay is just more of a catch and shooter, three and yeah, D kind of guy. He is someone who could heat up just as well. Didn't he have thirty points in the first quarter of one game or something like yeah, that? Thirty-seven points in a quarter. Yeah, thirty-seven. I think, I think Clay actually might be a better shooter than Steph, but I I, I think Steph's a better player. I think Steph makes it look better. I think that's what works for him. But again, my point is, I don't think they need a Batman or Robin situation. I think they just need to build their team the way they did before and get a coach who actually knows what he's doing. Mark Jackson had that team running well and they got rid of him and they put Kerr in and all he did yeah. was take over for what Mark Jackson built. That's all that was. I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Mark Jackson built that team up and then they kicked him out the door, which is pretty pretty messed up. But You're seeing the fruits I, of it now. When they don't have superstar players and people they can't piggyback off of, like I said, it's easy to win that many games when everyone's healthy. It's what do you do when players get hurt? And that and that goes back yeah. to our coach of the year award. The reason, like I said, I throw Tibbs in there. He found a way to get this team back on track on losing after losing streaks. He found a way to build winning streaks. He found a way to find a way through injuries. You're talking about the team that last week lost Nolan's Noel twice. They lost Taj Gibson. They haven't had Mitchell Robinson in forever. Emmanuel Quickly and Alex Burks have been playing because of COVID protocols and ankle injury, and he still continues to find ways to scratch wins out. And that's what a coach has to do, and that's what Kerr isn't doing. And that's my issue with Kerr. 
I feel like now that he doesn't have his weapons, he's using that as an excuse. But whatever. That's yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I I, I get that. Or who, who knows? Maybe he's just uh, tanking until Clay gets back. So then, uh, what do you get out of that? You get what? I mean, you got Wiseman out of it. This is not the NFL. You're not guaranteed a top pick because you tank. <laughs> that would be. What are you tanking yeah. for? I think the Knicks learned that the hard way with two years ago with Zion. Well, maybe the well, maybe the right way. Looks like it won for us. <laughs> might have worked out. Yeah, it looks like it won for us. <laughs> yeah. All right. But uh, that's going to do it for the show. Damn, we, we got off topic, but it was a great conversation. That was a solid show, guys. Long as basketball is not off topic. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. But uh, that's going to do it. For myself, Big Jace, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay. We will see you Saturday. Oh, my gosh. I forgot to talk about. Saturday, we're doing the CMG Sports All-NBA team. We're getting people from all all the shows. Keys to the City, who I played a promo for earlier. Um, Stir the Pot. Uh, All the CMG Sports shows. Sports Talk. Sports Talk, yes. A little bit big old Thanksgiving potluck of <laughs> yes. basketball and first team and second do, team. <laughs> do not want to miss it. No. Yes, yes. So uh, make sure you tune in to that. Make sure you check us out on Facebook. Subscribe to Clovercrest Media on YouTube and Twitch. And check out clovercrestmedia.com for more podcasts just like this. I mean, and next week, uh, tomorrow, all three of us will be on John About the G-Men talking uh, football as well. So you don't want to miss that either. So we'll see you guys on Saturday. Take care.